that unprecedented FBI search at the home of former President Trump at Mar-a-Lago in Florida. Investigation into former President Trump's handling of classified documents. Comes the first ex-president to have the FBI execute a search warrant on his home. You may love Donald Trump. You may hate Donald Trump. But in reality, this FBI raid has nothing to do with Donald Trump. No, the raid on his Mar-a-Lago home is simply about one thing, power. See, the far left did everything they could to obtain their massive control. President of the United States has claimed the Russia story is a hoax. Now, a stunning indictment says it is not. We all know the president's no collusion, no obstruction mantra. We know it's false. Investigation into Hunter Biden. More investigations on Hunter Biden. This is a real winner for the Republican Party, isn't it? All need to do our part. This is a president of the United States who is a danger to the Republic. And they won. But now they're doing everything, legal, constitutional, or not, to keep that power. So you may love or hate Donald Trump, but in reality, the far left is terrified of him and how he could end their reign. And you know who else they're even more afraid of? You. Tonight, I'll show you how the far left's age-old tactics to destroy our former president could next be used against you. Tonight. A weaponized government. How the Marlago raid is an attack on all of us. And hello, America, and welcome to the program. Um, I was talking to a friend right before I walked into the studio tonight, uh, and he said, "My gosh, Glenn, all the stuff that you've been talking about and been called a freak for, you know, over the last 20 years." It's all happening right now. And as I'm watching this montage of all these people saying, you know, this, he's in bed with Russia and we know it to be true. How do those people have any credibility with your friends tonight? We have to figure out a way to get more people to hear the truth because things are coming down quickly. And tonight's show is I mean, I think it's about something you might have been noticing. The United States government is out of control. It was never designed to function like this. Its entire purpose, it was established by men to protect those rights. It was supposed to protect people like you and me from outside threats to make sure that the rule of law was happening so we didn't have to stay home and guard our house with a gun but primarily to protect our rights so we could have everything out of our way so we could do our business. But we're not doing our business now. We're doing their business. Leave us alone, federal government. We have followed this progressive dream for almost, well, over 100 years now. It's been one power grab right after the next, and despite the occasional Coolidge or Reagan, We've displayed to Washington, D.C. that we're willing to give up our freedom, hand power to the federal government, and just sit back and watch as that government becomes weaponized back at us. Tonight, I'm going to show you what the alphabet agencies have been up to quietly while we've all been distracted. All the signs are there, and I, uh, I fear that the progressives, the Marxists really, now feel that this is their time to start flexing the power they've accumulated over the past few years. And why wouldn't they? 
Look at those supposed red state governors that fell right in line over COVID lockdowns and mandates. Where were they when mom and pop businesses were being forced out of business while Home Depot and other big corporations stayed open? You couldn't go to a small local pharmacy, but you could go to your CVS. You couldn't go to a small gym, the corner restaurant, or your church, but you could go buy alcohol and head on down to a Walmart. Where were all of those politicians that were sworn to protect and defend the Constitution and our right? The federal government exerted its power. Suppose freedom-loving states bent the knee, and power obtained is rarely power given back. Darth Sidious, in this new documentary called Revenge of the Sith, I don't know if you've seen it, tried to warn us, quote, all who gain power are afraid to lose it. Now, that might be the best way to describe what's now happening with the DOJ, FBI, White House, and Donald Trump. What's really going on here? What is the government so afraid of? I love this. Uh, uh, he took nuclear secrets. He, uh, he was going to sell them. That's what he was Nuclear secret, do you know, they come with a handcuff, the guy brings it in, and you got to sign for it, and they're not leaving it there. No, uh, nuclear codes. Uh, hey, uh, Judy, would you look for my nuclear codes? They're probably in the file cabinet. I don't know if they're under N or C. It's probably under C. Codes, comma, nuclear. Now, I'm going to ask some serious questions later on in the program. But until the government gives us some real kind of explanation, the raid appears to be an attack on all of us. This is bigger than just one man. It has really nothing to do with President Trump. It is about this weaponized government. It is appearing to be saying that their political enemies are now enemies of the state. Anything that stops them. So who do I mean when I say us all? All of us. Who are the new enemies of the state? Well, I want to show you something. Immediately after the Trump raid, the FBI and DOJ issued a joint memorandum. Now, this was supposed to stay in-house, but it was leaked to Project Veritas. The memo was titled, Violent Threats Against Federal Law Enforcement, Courts, and Government Personnel and Facilities Following Court-Authorized Search. Now, I'm wondering when that memo was written because I don't think any of those things happened right after the surge. And it was leaked, not... When did they write that? Anyone that is upset over the Trump raid should never turn to violence. None of us. That's what the left does. That's what they want. That's what they need us to do. We're not the weather underground, Antifa or BLM, but the government is now identifying and labeling potential threats in the wake of the raid. Look at who they're labeling. Quote, perceptions of government overreach and election fraud. Oh, that makes me dangerous. Does that mean that every libertarian or constitutional conservative is now an extremist and on some sort of blacklist? Election fraud. Hmm. Hey, have you seen that new thing where somebody took all the compilation of all the politicians on the left saying that the election was fraudulent? I mean, does that mean Al Gore, Hillary Clinton, Stacey Abrams are now on that FBI list? I'm just curious if they mean anyone 
questioning the election or just specifically those who question Trump's election or the behavior from basically every Democrat every time they lose. Check out a few of their other indicators. Unusual purchase of military style tactical equipment. What is that? What does that mean? Does the ATF come to our homes to see if we if we bought a vest? Sound far fetched? Yeah, they're already doing it. Unusual acquisition of weapons and ammunition. Could you please define unusual? And how does this in any way jive with the Second Amendment? It is our constitutional right to buy guns and ammo. Doesn't say how many. Well, that's an unusual amount. Uh, I mean, John Adams, you should write that in there. No unusual amounts. Increasing or extreme adherence to conspiracy theories. For instance, let me just say, I mean, let's say uh, somebody wrote a, wrote a book and everybody in the government said it was a conspiracy. Now, two years later, it's cats out of the bag. Would that be somebody who was adhering to a conspiracy theory? Will any narrative outside the official government response be classified as a conspiracy theory? Do you remember the Wuhan lab leak? Oh, that was a wild, crazy... Okay, now it's not. It used to be, but now it's not. It used to be the media's sole job to question the government. Questioning the government is not what the media does. That's what you do. That's what I do. And it gets you on the list. No one is calling for violence here. Have you noticed? In fact, Trump himself has warned that the temperature is too high. He offered to help cool things down. And he's exactly right. But I'm not so sure the government wants a cooler environment. They want extremists. And they haven't been able. They've been trying since the Tea Party. They can't find people. So they'll create them. The people that are questioning the government right now are not inciting violence. It is the people that are weaponizing the government. Don't give them what they want. Now, I cannot believe that we're not allowed to question the FBI and the DOJ and their motivation going after Trump. Oh, my gosh. That's our First Amendment right. (laughs) I'm going through this a little deeper later on in the program, but I want you to take a look at the people involved. Just to start, let's say, you know, up at the top and then work our way down a bit. Joe Biden, what would he have to gain? Well, he is, you know, the number one political opponent is Donald Trump to him. Or how about uh, Attorney General Garland? Oh, that's right. He did lose that lifetime court appointment when Trump got elected. Or the FBI Director Ray. How many of his agents were involved in Russia Gate? I'll come back to that later. And the judge that signed off on the warrant, he was totally fine. Just a guy that has connections to Jeffrey Epstein and, uh, and is a big Obama, uh, Obama donor. But other than that, are we not supposed to at least question it? I'll say it again. Until the government gives us a good explanation here, because they work for us, not the other way around, I'm going to assume this is about two things. One, listen to this on MSNBC. Robert Costa, you have been reporting that the 45th president would like to run again and is making some plans to run for president in 2024. How does this impact that? This is factoring into his decision in some way. I'm told by people close to him this weekend that he's still moving toward an announcement despite all of the legal challenges Mm. he is facing potentially. this isn't damaging. 
Well, we're not saying it's not damaging. You see, this could be extremely damaging. Mm, could be extremely damaging. They don't want him to run again. We all know that. And just like they did last time, where I think he's pinging a bank in Russia, they're doing everything they can to create the appearance of guilt. And they won't have anything. Two, what kind of classified information has Trump been interested in? That's what I'd like to know. Nuclear secrets? I don't hear that one anymore. This entire thing supposedly is all about classified information at Mar-a-Lago. Now, I'm, I'm wondering, could, could that classified information possibly be information that maybe would reveal some of the things and the connections with the FBI and the DOJ and Russiagate? Might it also be a tad embarrassing for Joe Biden and Barack Obama? <laughs> yes, I'll show it to you when we come back. Um, I media, and I know that <laughs> people in America are so stupid that they don't, they don't have any idea. They won't remember stuff. If I say something today, I could say something crazy today, and tomorrow they won't remember. Yeah. That, I think, is how they actually think you are, that you're too stupid. And you don't have a chalkboard. I do. To truly understand the raid on Mar-a-Lago, I'm going to put everything in a timeline because they don't think we'll ever do that. We're not man enough. Okay, we're going to take you through a little timeline from Trump's departure from the White House and the classified information. Now, we start right here. One day before the president left the White House, he issued this memo. Trump was declassifying certain materials related to the FBI crossfire hurricane investigation. <gasps> what could that be? Now, I want you to keep this in mind because President Trump has claimed that everything the FBI sees has been declassified. Is it maybe this? Well, as you see the timeline, I think you're going to say, yeah. January 20th. He leaves the White House, okay? He, dis he, uh, he uh, declassifies all the Russiagate stuff. President Trump's chief of staff said most of the Russiagate documents had been sent to the DOJ for uh, redactions. But as per Newsweek reporting, 27 boxes of material had been sent accidentally to Mar-a-Lago. Remember, this was not the political people. This was the GAO, the Government Accounting Office. They're the ones that packed everything up. So there weren't any political people. Well, this kicked off conversations between Trump's team and the National Archives to find out what needed to be shipped back. So let's, let's jump ahead to this year. On G in January, Trump team transferred 15 of the 27 boxes. They went to the National Archives. Now, some of those reportedly were marked classified. We still don't know, you know, if they were nuclear secrets or not. But part of the documents we know were declassified back in January 2020. Remember this. It also shows that Trump's team was working with the government. So why would you take an ex-president and march people out for a raid? 
Well, getting ahead of myself. On March 24th, in the middle of all of this, Trump stayed on track. Yeah. This is what he was really concerned about. He filed a RICO lawsuit going after Hillary Clinton and everyone else involved in Russiagate. You know, getting justice for the collusion fiasco that had been constant. Now, I find it interesting that this occurred at this time. Why? Well, it was just a couple of weeks later, on April 7th, that it was leaked to the Washington Post by unnamed DOJ sources. Because, of course, the DOJ was investigating improper removal of presidential records at Mar-a-Lago. Now, that's crazy timing, isn't it? I mean, boom, boom. Trump was trying to get Russiagate documents declassified. Some went to Mar-a-Lago and some got sent back to the archives. Then Trump files a lawsuit regarding Russiagate. And the men in black start saying, well, maybe we should investigate because he's probably got nuclear secrets. In May, it was reported that the DOJ formally subpoenaed more documents. Something had them spooked. And I'm sure it had nothing to do with the RICO case, right? You know, consider that we're, we're not supposed to notice all of these little coincidences here. They're, they're convenient coincidence, but it's just coincidence. Now, you look at this timeline, which they don't want you to do, and you say, okay, all right, maybe. Then on May 12th, the Washington Post again had a leak at the DOJ. Unnamed sources, a tip at the DOJ. They were telling them now at the Washington Post that they were using a grand jury to issue a subpoena to the National Archives so they could see the 15 boxes that Trump teams handed over back in January. Now, why would they do that? Why, 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 would, why would they need to issue a, a, a call together a grand jury to read documents that Trump had already turned over to the government? Unless it was something they were afraid of. And I can't imagine what it might be. Anyway, on June 3rd, the FBI went to Mar-a-Lago. They got a tour of the vault where the documents were stored. I hope they had uh, the uh, ground steak because it's delicious. Anyway, the documents were stored. They looked through them. They were allowed to look through the boxes. Again, Trump is like, whatever, you want to go through the boxes. But after the DOJ looking through the docs at the archives, and now the FBI sending agents to rifle through the boxes at Mar-a-Lago, it looks like they're looking for something, you know, something that made them nervous. Oh, nothing's making me nervous. Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Trump, clearly not concerned about anything he has had or had already given back to the government, is just standing there looking at them like they're a bunch of ridiculous apes. Now, here's where things start to get even weirder. On June 19th, Trump appointed former national security official Cash Patel and journalist John Solomon as his official representatives. He names them representative of the National Archive. Remember, for him. Remember, he had previously returned 15 boxes to the National Archives. The DOJ was concerned about them going so far as issuing a grand jury. And now Trump was sending his own guys, I assume, to see if there was any funny business going on. Remember, Trump's primary objective here, and we saw that when one of his last acts was to, uh, oh, declassify 
all of the documents that would uh, show any kind of collusion at all with the FBI, DOJ, Hillary Clinton, you know, any of those people, maybe Joe Biden. He would like them to be seen, but the government doesn't seem too keen on that. Now, just two days later, on June 21st, Trump kept on track. He continued his RICO lawsuit on Hillary Clinton and everybody else that was part of Russiagate. That same day, Cash Patel did an interview where he said this. To identify every single document. I can tell you now um, that I am a now officially a representative for Donald Trump at the National Archives. And I'm going to march down there. I've never told anyone this because it just happened. And I'm going to identify every single document that they blocked from being declassified at the National Archives. And we are going to start putting that information out next week. Next week. It wasn't too, too long later that all of a sudden, mid-July, Garland starts considering a green light on the unprecedented raid in Mar-a-Lago. Again, the word of this evening's program is convenient. We all know what happened next. The FBI commenced with a raid on August 8th. One day after the raid, August 9th, the well-respected investigative journalist Paul Sperry was permanently suspended on Twitter for doing his job as an investigative reporter. He tweeted, investigators reportedly met back in June with Trump and his lawyers in Mar-a-Lago storage room to survey docs and things seemed copacetic. Okay. True. Then the FBI raids weeks later. All true. Speculation on Hill. FBI had personal stake and searching for classified docs related to its Spygate scandal. Oh, my gosh. He added then, in other words, the FBI might be covering his own their own tracks while using the Presidential Records Act as a pretext for the Mar-a-Lago search. Huh. What part of that got him shut down? By the way, do you know one of the guys that was working for the FBI um, and was part of all of this stuff? He's now working at Twitter. Isn't that weird? Sperry would later publish this piece revealing that many of the FBI agents that were involved with the Russiagate thing were are now leading the investigation on Mar-a-Lago. Wait, did you hear that? It wasn't just me, right? Last week, last week, August 17th, that's when he put that, because Newsweek also reported that the FBI was in search of documents that included Trump's collection of papers showing who was involved in Russiagate. Hmm. Now, I don't know about you, but you look at the timeline, and it looks like they're looking for these papers. It seems to look like, who am I to say? But it seems to look like this is what the mainstream media wants you to believe, that it's not this. Instead, it's this. Again, mainstream media wants you to believe ah, nuclear documents. Oh, my gosh. Nuclear documents. Oh, my gosh. The stink of all of this is palpable. It smells exactly like Russiagate 2.0. Oh, my gosh. Nuclear secrets. Do you think he gave them to those hookers that were peeing on him? Curiously enough, all of the people involved with smearing Trump back then are the same ones that are doing it right now. Yeah, that's weird. I'll show that to you next.
All right, let's go right to the top and get some answers from Merrick Garland. Watch. First, mm -hmm. I personally approve the decision to seek a search warrant he did it. in this matter. Mm -hmm. Second, Second, the department does not take such a decision lightly. Not lightly at all. Where possible, it is standard practice to seek less intrusive means as an alternative to a search and to narrowly scope any search that is undertaken. Third, let me address recent unfounded attacks on the professionalism of the FBI okay. and Justice Department agents and prosecutors. Listening, I, I will that. not stand by silently Ooh. when their integrity is unfairly attacked. Oh my goodness. The men and women of the FBI mm. and the Justice Department are dedicated, patriotic public servants. Wow. Came right from the top. You notice he's on the defensive there, Merrick Garland. Oh my goodness. I will not tolerate any questions whatsoever. Really? You know, every time somebody says, you will not question the vaccines, you will not question the P-tapes. I see the P-tapes myself. I saw them peeing on them in it. You know there's a problem, okay? Let's take a look from both the FBI and the DOJ just since 2016. You know, these are the things you will not question, but we did and then we found out, oh, that's why you didn't want me questioning. Number one, FBI lied to the FISA court so they could spy on Trump's campaign. They lied. An FBI lawyer was found to have falsified evidence. He went in and changed things in a document to help make their case and spy on Trump's campaign. Let me say that again. You will not question! They falsified evidence. Bad boy. That's all he got. Slap on the wrist. The list goes on. FBI employees were busted for trading gifts for leaked information. Yes, but if it was some wonderful earrings that wouldn't clash with my eyes and my dress. No, it's cupcakes. <gasps> I give my right arm for a cupcake right now. I'll spill my guts for a cupcake. The inspector general found that FBI agents protected Larry Nasser, the doctor who repeatedly sexually abused female Olympic athletes. The FBI knew it. Despite the videos of Hunter Biden naked smoking crack with prostitutes, as well as an insane amount of other, dare I say it, shady financial information from China. They'll not tolerate questions like this. Well, the FBI buried that. There's nothing to see here. Garland's DOJ is more concerned about going after parents at school board meetings. You see, they don't want anybody asking questions. Why? Because of their sterling, sparkling track record. I'm really sorry, but I don't see things the same way, so I'm going to continue to ask questions. Right? Here's one. Why has the White House been so adamant lately that they didn't even know what the FBI and DOJ were doing? They've said that repeatedly over the past couple of weeks. I didn't even know. Now, I believe that in Joe Biden. Sir, we just had this conversation. Uh, who are you? I believe that. But the whole White House? No. I find it interesting because investigative journalist John Solomon 
He only worked for The Times, The Post, The Wall Street Journal, et cetera, et cetera. Just this week, discovered a new entry that I need to put on the timeline. There was an empty box there. It's April 22nd, a few months after Trump turned over 15 boxes of the documents and a couple of weeks after Trump filed his RICO lawsuit on Russiagate. Biden's White House was busy. The White House deputy counsel, Jonathan Sue, was in, is that not a great name for an attorney, Sue? Anyway, was in conversations with the FBI and DOJ and the National Archives. Now, memos show that Sue conveyed to the National Archives that Joe Biden wouldn't object to waiving Trump's claim of executive privilege. I mean, I'm just saying. And guess what? Yeah, that opened the door to the Mar-a-Lago raid. Wait, wait, wait. I thought the White House didn't know anything about that. How far does this go? How deep was the president and his staff in all of this? I'm curious. I would say we question the president, but no, he won't remember. The search warrant, let's just say it's convenient that they had that conversation, you know, and then all of a sudden search warrants there and then all of it, and he didn't know anything. I'm telling you, I am on top of these things. Nothing happened. Kind of like the use of the Espionage Act to try to nail Trump. You know, back when all of Biden's people were working under Obama, they were some of the biggest abusers of the Espionage Act ever. It's how they justified their war on the press. Remember? No, I'm too stupid. I can't remember that. Fox News reporter James Rosen, he was just one of the journalists that Obama spied on. But if you watch the mainstream media the past five years, Trump. Trump, he's worse than Hitler. He's worse than Satan and Hitler combined. It's like they had babies and Trump came out. He said fake news. This is how they operate. They conjure up some obscure law, then claim everything is legit and try to put distance between themselves and the one they're after. Gosh, that sounds familiar. What does that sound like? Oh my gosh. That's exactly how we found out about Obama and Russiagate. Do you remember the Susan Rice email on the very last day of the Obama White House? Yeah, she sent this crazy email to herself. Last day, last thing she did, stressing that their law enforcement team had done everything by the book. Cross my heart and hope to die. Stick a needle in my eye. We now know she was referring to the meeting between the FBI, DOJ, Obama, Biden and Susan Rice. The FBI had closed their case on Trump's national security advisor, Michael Flynn. But Obama and Biden wouldn't have it. So they started suggesting other things. Okay, another obscure law called the Logan Act to continue the investigation. These handwritten FBI notes, you will not question, show that it was Biden himself that suggested using the Logan Act. So Rice sent an email to herself as they were walking out the door, oh, I didn't have anything to do with this. We were all in the oven up. All the while knowing that they were using a trumped up charge based off an obscure act and grounded in bullcrap. Any of this sound familiar? This is the way the government and Biden's people operate. History repeats. 
And the inclusion of Susan Rice in Biden's administration has always fascinated me. Why is she still hanging around? I mean, is it for stuff like this? Rice is Biden's domestic policy advisor, and she has, quote, created a fiefdom within the White House. She meets with Biden multiple times a week. Ah, fiefdom, kind of like what we'll all be living in soon. We also have records that she has meetings with the Department of Justice. And Trump has called out Rice personally, accusing her of committing a crime. Now, there's a beef here, okay? There's a history of using dumb laws to go after Trump. There's also a history of attempting to distance themselves poorly from the abuse. Now, I'm not saying there's a fire, but I'm not not saying that either, because there's a lot of smoke and it's billowing. I want to read you a quote that explains absolutely everything they're doing to President Trump. Now, it's kind of long, but you're going to love the ending. Kind of important. But by the time you finish telling the jury all of these things that you think he has done and all of the things you think he has thought and are all put down on a chart and all the rest, the net result is that this is a man we don't like. This is a man that believes different than me. This is a man we can't trust. This is a man we don't care what happens to. And that's the point, ultimately, of the demonization. No, not Sololinsky. Mm-mm, better. That was the closing arguments from the defense attorney of the Ruby Ridge defendant. Yeah, the country caught the FBI and DOJ in an insane act of abuse, and then they tried to cover it up by demonizing Randy Weaver. And you might even think, Randy Weaver, he's a crazy man. Yeah, that's because they did him what they're doing now to Trump. And we didn't really care because we didn't have anything to do with Randy Weaver. So we're all like, yeah, he's a crazy man. No. And not much has changed because we didn't stop it back then. I'll show you what they've been up to lately when we come back. Most of our history, we didn't didn't have those institutions. The FBI came in uh, during the First World War. And interestingly enough, the one thing that Woodrow Wilson did, he used the FBI to spy on American citizens and actually arrest them if they disagreed with his foreign policy about going to war in Europe. And isn't it interesting how recent they used it in the Vietnam era? Democrats used it there. Republicans used the FBI to spy on a hundred different groups in this country, including the churches who disagree with the policy in uh, Central America. It almost looks like the FBI was designed to spy on Americans who might be disagreeing uh, with policy, especially the foreign policy. Oh, he's crazy. I mean, it's Ron Paul, right? Back in 1998, or 1988, he said it's, it's almost as if the FBI was designed to spy on Americans. What? It's hard to dispute when you look at, you know, one of the FBI's founding members, J. Edgar Hoover. You know, this guy kept blacklist files on American citizens, conducted illegal wiretaps, burglaries, all in the name of justice, you know. Hoover's illegal spy spying included congressmen, MLK, JFK, and other people with three letters in their name. Kennedy was so afraid of Hoover that he kept him on as an FBI director after he defeated Nixon in 60. Now, why wouldn't he fire him? Well, that was the question. 
Kennedy replied with, quote, you don't fire God. It's no wonder why he stayed on as the director for 48 years, from Calvin Coolidge to Richard Nixon. The country was scared to death of him. And in many cases, he was enabled by the attorney general and the DOJ. But remember, you know what offensive things I do. Isn't that right, Merrick Garland? J. Edgar Hoover is still the namesake for the FBI building in Washington, D.C. Now, the government is ashamed of our founding fathers. They take down statues. They'll change names of schools. But the J. Edgar Hoover building, all good. Wait a minute. Is it because they say he used to wear dresses at night? The list of FBI abuse is quite literally too long to go through in one show. Ruby Ridge. <laughs> I just looked this up again and went through it. I had forgotten most of it. It's one of the most egregious acts by federal law enforcement ever. Randy Weaver was entrapped. He refused to be an informant. And when the FBI realized they couldn't get him to play ball, they arrested him on charges that he would have never committed without their involvement. They then encircled his property and murdered two of his family. During the cover-up, FBI officials admitted to lying and destroying evidence. Weaver was eventually let go and received $3 million settlement from the government. Here, here's $3 million. That should replace your family. I already mentioned Russiagate, where the FBI was also caught tampering with evidence. But the most recent example of the abuse involves the Whitmer kidnapping case. This is the ultimate example of, if they can't find extremists, they'll create them. A quick summary reveals that the FBI bought, brought all of the suspects together. They cheered them on. They tried to give them money. Here, here's some money. Why don't you guys go out and buy some weapons? We'll stay here and watch the fort. The FBI invented militia groups out of thin air and organized conferences. They even tried to push a man in Virginia to do the same thing with Governor Northam. Quote, the mission is to kill the governor specifically. That's what an FBI agent, Jason Chambers, said to the person he was attempting to set up. The mission is to kill the governor specifically. Oh, and then they began making arrests while people were starting to go to vote for the next president. A campaign, a campaign where one of the left's main talking points was stopping all those crazy right-wing extremists. Yeah, convenient. You're not telling me the ghost of J. Edgar Hoover is still running the FBI. No, no, I don't believe in ghosts. It's just merely operating as designed. But let's move beyond just the FBI. How about the IRS? Also, a Wilson creation. Huh. The IRS just received funding that would allow them to hire 87,000 new agents. I want to give you a little context. I've stood at the 50-yard line with an almost capacity crowd at Dallas Cowboys Stadium. Sold out, standing room only, is 80,000 people. Wow. How many are they hiring? Because that, like, that sounds like they could fill... Dallas Cowboys Stadium with agents. Well, don't worry. There's no history of corruption with the IRS. Well, I mean, except in 1951-66, IRS agents were charged with bribe-taking and extortion. Uh, in the 1950s and 60s, the IRS mm, 
was condemned for working with J. Edgar Hoover to go after American citizens. They also audited Martin Luther King and targeted conservative groups. Nixon used the IRS to dig up dirt on his political opponents. Paula Jones refused to settle her sexual harassment suit against Bill Clinton, and then she found herself suddenly getting audited. The IRS went after the Tea Party in, uh, under Obama, but uh, other than that, I mean, when has the IRS not been corrupt? They're now flush with more cash for more personnel. What are they gearing up for? This document is the 2021 IRS annual report. It shows comprehensive weapons training, including a simulated SWAT-style attack on a suburban home. I mean, aren't they supposed to be accountants, not SWAT teams? Don't we have SWAT teams? All of these government agencies are arming and weaponizing at a frightening rate. Wait a minute. I know locally we would have a SWAT team. Why doesn't the IRS just say, hey, we think this could be dangerous? Why? Because this is a federal armed force. Openthebooks.com recently did an audit of government spending and the militarization of the bureaucracy. It revealed that there are currently over 200,000 federal officers with the power to arrest and firearm authority. This is a federal police force that is larger than the United States Marine Corps. From 2015 to 2019, 76 administrative agencies under the president, not law enforcement agencies, spent $110.6 million on guns, ammo, and military-style equipment. I don't know, that seems unusually large. Examples of these agencies are the IRS, the Veterans Affairs, the Executive Office of the President, the Small Business Administration, Social Security, NASA. What, the climate cops are doing it now? Check this out. 27 law enforcement agencies from 2015 to 2019 spent $800 million on guns and ammo. Why? Why? FBI, Border Patrol, ICE, okay, Marshals, ATF, sure, DHS, uh, Department of Agriculture? No. Just say no, America. Stand up against this insanity. Back in a minute. This is insane. This is insane. No, it's not getting out of control. Let me just tell you, the um, Department of Railroad Retirees is arming itself. Things that have no reason for getting guns and ammos. They're all arming up. Why is the Department of Commerce arming up? The Small Business Administration. Why is the Food and Nutrition Service arming? I don't even, I don't even know what, how I could violate anything. Food and Nutrition Service, down on the floor. What? The Bureau of Engraving and Printing. The government is arming while simultaneously attempting to disarm people like you. And we're seeing them grow more aggressive every day. I've been talking about this on the radio show. The, arm, the Amish farm that was recently, you know, stormed by the USDA. Armed agents descended on a farm. Been operating in Amish country for decades. Turns out the USDA, out of all agencies you would ever expect to be militant, has been accumulating quite an arsenal. So is the Department of Agriculture. From 2015 to 2019, 
The USDA spent nearly $9 million on guns, ammo, and military equipment. $9 million? I don't know, out of control? Whether it's a raid on Mar-a-Lago or a raid on an Amish farmer, or eventually a, a raid on you. The government was established to protect our rights, but what they're saying now is comply, or you will be forced to comply. See you tomorrow.